Welcome to the Heartland Pod for a Flyover Friday. This is Sean Diller in Denver, Colorado. With me as co-host today is Adam Summer. How are you doing, Adam? Sean, I'm doing good. It's good to be here. It's always nice when I can leave uh, my daily routine on a Thursday early enough to join you for a Flyover Friday. I love it. Good. Yeah. I love getting texts 10 minutes before we're supposed to record being like, hey, are you good to follow through on the plan that we put in motion and have been repeating <laughs> weekly for months? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me just dump this oatmeal in the sink. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're glad to have you with us. If you're new to our shows, make sure you subscribe and leave a five-star rating wherever you listen. You can also find Heartland Pod content on YouTube and on social media at The Heartland Pod, and you can learn more at theheartlandcollective.com. All right, let's get into the stories. Off we go. Governor Greg Abbott is starting to make good on his threat to politically target fellow Republicans who oppose school vouchers, issuing his first endorsement of a primary challenger to a House member who's helped thwart his top legislative priority of the year. And I don't know if you heard about that, but last week, you know, Abbott called a special session for the express purpose of destroying public schools everywhere in Texas. And a bunch of Republicans said, no, stupid. again, 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 <laughs> right. this was the second or third or fourth special session that they've had in Texas specifically for this issue. Right, right. Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. And they, they just passed it in Tennessee, or they're going to pass it in Tennessee. The governor over there said, I, I endorse the plan. They've they've got the momentum over in Tennessee. They're trying here in Missouri. And in Texas, these, these are Republicans that are standing up and saying, we know that this is a scam. Right, right. And the people who are even for defunding the public schools with these voucher schemes, they even say the heart of the problem with their plan, which is, public schools are at the heart of rural communities, yeah. <laughs> every single one of them yeah. over and over and over again. It's like this one guy in Missouri's 42nd um, who represents Warren County and Montgomery County. Yeah. State representative Jeff Myers. He's kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm just kind of a simple dad and I don't understand why we can't have school choice. It sounds like they're great. And he literally says, you know, I don't see why we can't have it. And it's like, because this county is 429 square miles right. and there's only two high schools. So it's a county that you and I grew up in, <laughs> in the state of Missouri. We lived in the same county. We went to the same high school. It was like a 20 minute drive between your house and my house. Right. right. <laughs> Growing, you know, when we were teenagers uh, to get back and forth. I mean, I, I, I dated a girl in high school who lived like 20 miles south right. of town like right. it was a hike it took 20 solid minutes to get down to her house uh you know driving down there and all of us went to the same high school because right. there's no other school to choose right we weren't driving past other high schools that yeah were closer <laughs> that were like more you convenient know. or suited us yeah. better there was just a high school to choose from and like it, it makes you know i get it like maybe in dallas and in houston and fort worth and austin maybe there's a lot of schools and maybe there's a lot of schools close together where it makes sense that you could say well this it's six one way half dozen the other for me depending on you know from a distance standpoint okay i understand that we can have that kind of a discussion but to suggest that it's a one-size-fits-all problem is absolutely insane right it's cuckoo insane here's another really insane thing <laughs> i didn't get to parse this whole very stupid op-ed um but <laughs> 
I'm looking at the sentence now. It says, in some of Missouri's urban areas, the ultimate outcome of our public school system is prison or death. Wow. You know, death is the Nobody ultimate graduates? outcome in the rural <laughs> schools too um is nobody graduating i was gonna say are they not dying <laughs> yeah nobody's dead yeah yeah Sean and I, those kids live yeah. forever yeah if you They're go to a swanky boys. private school well to be fair given their high level of income and the advances of modern technology they right. might have to be two 250 years old we don't know oh god yeah but so many republicans that's what was really cool to see you know because it frustrates me that this issue is a wedge issue on the left yeah, because there are well-meaning Democrats who are like, well, we need, you know, some more options. Um, but there's so much money behind the cause of destroying public schools that, yep. Yep. you know, it's not really about giving parents a choice. It's about finding mechanisms to dismantle public schools. And yeah, it, it, it's yeah. interesting because you're right about the wedge issue on the left. And it's another one of those perfect examples of, you know, this is kind of a, a, a two pronged. Uh, thing here where you've got on the one hand uh, and and yesterday's episode the Thursday episode of Dirt Road Democrat Jess Piper was talking with an expert on uh, fundamentalism religious fundamentalism and this uh, seven mountains the new apostolic uh, religion these these folks who want to take over the seven spheres of influence right which of course they stole from Marx is which is the most hilarious part of all of it um, but one of those things is education so like that's one of the reasons that you see this. You know, one of the reasons people favor this is because they want school and religious instruction to be one and the same. But another thing is this is one of those perfect examples of when Republicans break a system and then they tell you that it's broken and then they offer a solution to the system that is bad for the people that they've affected. So they we draw red lines right in, in areas, racial lines. We segregate communities, then we put highways through black communities, we put, you know, factory, there's a reason they call it the wrong side of the tracks, right? So they, they zone things and they put things to where all the industrial stuff, the waste, all the bad stuff goes into the, the, the black community in a, in a city like St. Louis, right, or Houston or something like that. Uh, and then when the property value is suppressed, and you pay for schools with property taxes, suddenly the schools are failing and they go, well, that just means we have to get rid of the public schools because the schools are failing. But it's a manufactured problem. So they create the crisis and then they offer a solution, which is this alternative. And what do you think, you know, if a, it's a drowning person, of course, they're going to take the life preserver, even if the life preserver is made of piranhas. Right. hundred percent. And, you know, this idea that there's going to be more options Especially when, you know, right now, it seems like what the project is, is expanding it to rural schools and rural communities, which will be completely decimated yep. by these sorts of funding mechanisms. And, you know, in all sorts of different states across the country, they're, they're taking programs that were previously limited to, you know, a small group of income qualified students to, you know, have a school choice scholarship, they're, you know, saying, well, let's just have it be for every single student who decides they want to go to private school or religious school. Let's give them six grand, take it from the public schools. And this competition is going to help. And, you know, in places where there are like top flight religious high schools and prep schools, that's great. But like the rinky dink churches and kind of the so-called competition that's going to crop up to the competition thing is just to, maddening to take this money in a place like Warren County, like 
the option of taking AP chemistry at any school is going to disappear. If Mm -hmm. we start taking money away from the public school to put in private religious schools, which are not subject to any of the state standards that legislators have subjected public schools to for decades, like they're exempted. It's yeah. yeah. And it, 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 the analogy that I don't remember who shared this analogy with me. Um, I wish I could credit that. If I could remember, I would, but it's a perfect analogy, which is you have a highway and, and if you're in a state like Missouri, you've got Highway 70 that runs stripe across the middle of the state of Missouri, and it is too crowded. It needs more lanes, right? And so you have option A, which is make that highway bigger, improve that highway, make it a better system, or option B, which is build another highway that's near that highway and let people choose which highway they want to pick and not maintain either highway appropriately because you're splitting the funds. So you're taking the same funds and you're splitting them in half and then saying, we'll have, we'll have two things that are both good. And at the same time, by the way, the new highway that they're building, the private highway that they're building, that one, it's not going to be subject to the same safety regulations as the first highway. And in this case, in the school's case, when you're somebody like me who has a severely special needs uh, child, I have one child on the autism spectrum and one child who is severely special needs. They're both in regular classrooms and it's good. It's good for them. It's good for the other students. And at these private schools, they can just say, nah, we don't do that. John Cornyn and Ted Cruz and many other GOP senators um, were righteously, self-righteously, I guess, indignant. So much so that they had to walk out as Harlan Crow was subpoenaed over the luxury vacations that he had gifted to Clarence Thomas. The great reporting from ProPublica uncovered this, and it can't be celebrated enough because this was not in any financial disclosure reports. He was hiding this, and on a somewhat annual basis, he went on the most absurd luxury vacation. Right, elaborate, incredible, <laughs> like the kind of thing that you do like once in your life and like show pictures of for a decade. Right. I think, right, right. (laughs) And most people would never do this. He took a private jet to Indonesia where he boarded a 162-foot super yacht with a (laughs) private chef. This trip could have been half a million dollars. And Harlan Crowe says, well, we do that for all of our friends. And Clarence Thomas says, I don't see what the big deal is. And the United States senators are saying, we have a couple of questions. And Ted Cruz is saying, well, I never. <laughs> <laughs> I love the uh, the quote from Cornyn that you pulled here. This is an outrageous attempt to target private citizens without any legitimate legislative purpose. Any legitimate <laughs> <laughs> If you can go after a private citizen for a non-legislative purpose, you can you essentially can target a political re- for political reasons any American citizen at any time in the future, and that is dangerous, dangerous place to go. How about this, John Cornyn? Yeah, How about it can happen to Clarence Thomas and the world's richest <laughs> yeah. man. It could happen to anyone. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Except... Anybody who's who's <laughs> paying that... for <laughs> anybody who's paying for half million dollar vacations for Supreme you Court justices, <laughs> you might you might have a target on your back. If you are a billionaire paying for elaborate vacations for Supreme Court justices, you might have something to worry about here. So funny. It's so funny. It's a very relatable problem. Right, right. <laughs> you can't even do anything anymore. Um, you take yeah. one little luxury vacation every other year with a billionaire who has matters before the court and suddenly there's ethics questions right i mean I love what how is this it's, world coming to it's the uh is he an originalist is that his deal he's not a textualist he likes to say he you know channels the founders right and he tells us what they would have wanted 
uh yeah he's he is um so the description of him that i have come to understand and this is uh, from dr jim staub who wrote the book on scalia and then wrote a book on thomas uh thomas is what you would call a jeffersonian originalist uh and so while he tries to channel the founders he also does so from a jeffersonian standpoint which would mean of course a more uh states rights smaller government approach which Small is R republican i get vastly interesting when you consider that he's an african-american um who thomas jefferson had no problem owning but hey here we are yeah yeah and just yeah oh my god yeah the idea that this is um you know unfair yeah. <laughs> is laughable so we'll laugh yeah and we'll move on uh something not as funny um in ohio this is another state that is experiencing some pretty devastating unwinding of Medicaid. 234,000 yeah. or no, 342,000 people have been kicked off of Medicaid. And the administrators are saying, well, we reach out to these people and they don't get back to us. And that's why they're off Medicaid. And so, you know, different states have different approaches to this. And so, you know, I just want to try to cut through the bullshit as quickly as possible that like, this is the first time in years when people are having to show why they qualify for Medicaid since the pandemic, and they might have moved. And none of this means that they don't qualify. Um, you know, we all pay for Medicaid through the taxes that we put in. And even poor people, and especially poor people do put in taxes. Yeah. So, you know, it's nothing short of, you know, devastating, unfair, and, yeah. you know, deserves attention. Yeah, it's a good point, too, because if you, you know, you and I are, are self-employed people, right? So we pay our taxes in a different way. But if you are working at an hourly job, right, I would imagine everybody who listens to these shows at some point has had a job where you get a paycheck that's got a paycheck stub. And that paycheck stub has your taxes being taken out for these things, for these programs. So if you're working a minimum wage job, if you're working the kind of job where you would still qualify for Medicaid, you're paying into the system. You're already putting it in. And if you're not, if you're making a small enough amount of money or no money, and it's because you are disabled in some way, then that's insane. It, 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 it. My daughter is is a, a is a recipient of the Missouri Medicaid system because she's on a waiver. She can't use a phone. She can't use the internet. So unless she has somebody doing it for her, when she becomes an adult, you know, we have to have a guardian and somebody to take care of that. And so if that, you know, she can't make sure that she stays enrolled. It's impossible. So you either have somebody who has a high enough level of need that the odds are it's going to be very difficult for them to comply with the hoops that they want them to jump through, or you have somebody who is working, trying to make ends meet, and maybe they miss, you know, a piece of mail. Maybe they miss a phone call, whatever, uh, because they've got kids going to school and they're trying to work their job and these things are happening. And it's just, it's just another, like, it's a very clear highlight to me of, why the way we have set up healthcare in our country is so broken because this shouldn't be a crisis, right? The ability to get basic medical care shouldn't be a crisis. It's insane. In his never-ending quest to find the bottom of the barrel, um, appointed Attorney General Andrew Bailey has, um, I guess, taken to um, attacking LGBTQ foster kids or standing in the way of them getting protection um i don't know if you saw this reporting yeah. in the missouri independent yeah yeah 
this is the quote because of family rejection and abuse the biden administration said in september that lgbtq children are overrepresented in foster care where they face poor outcomes including mistreatment and discrimination because of who they are and so rather than be a part of the solution. Attorney General Andrew Bailey, who was appointed to his position and has not been elected, said, as a foster parent myself, I am deeply invested in protecting children and putting their best interests first. That's great. I appreciate somebody who's willing to step up and be a foster parent. But to say that we shouldn't have protections for these kids who are foster children, not by choice, they are foster children right. because their families cast them out, period, is absolutely insane that these kids shouldn't have some level of protection and to go not only to reject that but to then actively use the state's resources to fight it with a lawsuit it is political in nature that is all that it is it is only there for him to tack himself further to the right because he's got a primary opponent in will sharf who's connected to trump so now bailey has to show that he's more of a of a right-wing person than he is uh to get this done instead of standing up for what's right instead of actually standing up and just saying i am always glad for any protections we can offer foster children because i myself as a foster parent and we should always protect these kids who never asked for this in the first place he says fuck them yeah this guy's unfit to serve it makes sense that he wasn't elected because he doesn't seem worthy of election I don't know where the hell he came from, but um... sadly, he came from Warrenson. <laughs> he went to law school at Mizzou. Uh, he worked in uh, the Warren County Prosecutor's Office and got appointed. That's all we have for you today. The stories featured in today's show appeared first in the Missouri Independent, the Ohio Capital Journal, Texas Tribune, ProPublica, and the Warren County Record in the blessed land of Warrenton, Missouri. Even the shittiest politicians cannot ruin a, uh, a glorious, a glorious place. Yeah. Scroll down and slap a five stars on, please. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>